0: He who has ears, let him hear the words of God this morning. That we would be changed. That this would not just be another ordinary Sunday morning going through the motions. But this would be a morning of great repentance. A morning of, again, hearing from you and being changed forever. In the mighty name of Christ, I pray all God's people said, Amen. So Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, I want to welcome you back to this series that we started several weeks ago on the seven churches that are found here in the book of Revelation. And you'll recall that Christ's message to the church in Ephesus came to a church in the condition of backsliding, the church at Smyrna was a suffering church. The church at Pergamum was a compromised church. Last week we looked at the church at Thyatira, which was a church on its last chance. But the church at Sardis, to which we now turn, is neither in the throes of backsliding nor is it submerged beneath the terrible suffering nor caught in the grip of compromise, nor in the danger of final apostasy, the church at Sardis, most tragically of all, is spiritually dead. This is a word this morning for counterfeit Christians. This is a word, this is an alarm this morning for those that may be falsely assured It is a strong warning for the superficial church that has substituted the appearance of life for spiritual life itself. So, two parts to my message this morning. Jesus shows them first the problem, and then he offers a glorious solution. I know this can be hard. This series can be somewhat difficult because it's seven letters to seven churches, and Predominantly, five of them are bad, (laughs) and Sardis is really no exception. They're dead. They're just a dead church. And so it's going to be somewhat dark and gloomy, but you need to know that the second half of the solution is always um, getting a glimmer of the God whose mercies are new each and every morning. So please don't be discouraged By the first half of the message. But there was a problem. Notice verse 1. Because we see the dangerous deception of spiritual death. Look at the text. I know your works, Jesus says to them. I know your works. You have the reputation for being alive. You have the reputation for being alive, but you are what? But you're dead. Perhaps a little astronomy to illustrate the point. I think all of you know what a light year is. A light year is the distance light goes in a year. Moves at 186,000 miles a second. That's a light year and I was reading about one particular star that astronomers estimate is 33 years away from the earth. It would take 33 years. For that light to reach earth. And this particular article went on to say that that star could have plunged into darkness 25 years ago. It could have died. But light would still be pouring down to earth. It would be shining in the sky as brightly as if the star was still alive. Well, that's the church At Sardis, it's something like that. It was dead, but it was still shining by the light of a brilliant past. It was a dead church. That is the worst thing that could ever be said about a church. (laughs) You definitely don't want this to be said about St. Paul's. It's a dead church. Dead, because realistically, theologically speaking, the church, by definition, is a place where there is... Life, it's the opposite of death. There's life. And so when you come to St. Paul's, you ought to feel the presence of the Father instilled upon us, which gives us life. And it's a place where the proclamation of the gospel, by which we receive it in Christ, and the supremacy of Christ, gives us life. And not only that, it's a place where you feel the presence of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives me life. And it's a place where believers are joyfully gathered, basking in the presence of Christ and God, and there's life. The church is to be a fellowship of those who've received eternal life, life. Sardis looked good. It looked really good. The other churches, Dallas, thought well of them. Their reputation declared them vibrant and vital and healthy. You'll remember in Ephesus and Pergamum and Thyatira, there were dire words from Christ for those who were teaching false doctrine in the church, tempting the believers there to get and dabble into sexual immorality and food offered to idols. There's no compromise at Sardis, no trouble with air, no threat from false prophets. The Balaamites are nowhere to be found. The Nicolaitans are nowhere to be found. There's no followers of Jezebel. They have no place in this church at Sardis. But if there are no internal threats from false doctrine, neither is there, if you'll notice, any external threat from persecution either sardis by all appearances looked really good but they are declared by christ dead so we might ask ourselves um how in the world does this happen how how does how does this happen well it happens when you don't abide in christ when you don't abide in christ Instead of living in communion with Jesus, we fill the vacuum with worldliness and hidden vices. And those sins begin to infect the congregation. They they become cancer in a congregation. And it can spread from one person to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And it may be seen just unseen abuse of alcohol. It may be the secret dependency on sleeping pills or painkillers. It may be the pervasive, although covert, use of pornography. It could be hidden infidelity that I've seen destroy a church. Marriages that just are keeping up the appearances, but are living without any love any intimacy. In churches, it may be, I, I think this is what I've seen in my most tenured life of going to church, which was from birth, is people that are, have a spirit of discontentment, right? It happens with paint on a wall. <laughs> it could be the paint in the nursery, right? That just absolutely just discontents people. I can't stand that color. And they become discontented. Or it may be, it's just that preacher. I just, know what it is about the preacher. I just, could be someone else in the church. They just become discontented. And that leads to anger, and that anger leads to resentment. And I'm telling you, resentment destroys churches. It's resentful people who are typically angry at the world. They are negative. They are apathetic. They are withdrawn. They're joy suckers. They have a gray and tinted look on the world. They they wear these shades that the world is gray. The cup is always half empty. It's never half full. And I'm telling you, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it will be destructive of physicalities, you physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it all leads to death. Unless we abide in the vine, we become dead. We become lifeless branches just going through the motions. And that's what's happening here at Sardis. They're They're just going through the motions. It's just another Sunday. I put on the clothes. I come to church. This is what I do. I I just go through the motions. It's all an act. Unless Christ is in us and we are in him, we become whitewashed tombs. Clean and bright on the outside, but we are inside full of what? (laughs) Dead man's bones. I know your works, Jesus says. You have the reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Well, what's to be done about the problem? This is where the news gets far better, becomes more joyful. There is a joyful solution. Notice there are four commands, four imperatives that Jesus gives them and gives us. Notice verse 2, wake up. Perhaps you need just a heavy dose of wake-up juice this morning. We must be awake, he says, ready, prepared. There's to be watchfulness. He's calling them really to be the, the most fundamental habit that characterizes every truly living child of God. There is a pattern of spiritual alertness. There is a sensitivity to what is going on around you. Your spiritual Life is heightened. Your senses are heightened. You are feeding on Christ, and as He feeds you, you are sensitive to what's going on around you. Someone may be hurting. Someone may be sad. Someone may need help. Someone may need assistance. You're alert to these things. You're awake. There is the receptivity of the work of Christ and the Word of God by His Spirit, In our midst, they've been called to wake up. And notice he says, if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief in the night. And you will not know when I will come against you. Jesus is coming at the end of the age. You need to fundamentally know that that's true. You, one day, will be face to face with Christ. He's coming again. And it will be sudden and it will be unexpected. Like a thief breaking in when no one's paying attention. Only the spiritually awake. Only the living disciple of Christ will be ready on that day when he comes. You know the time. This is what Paul says in Romans 11. I love this. Listen to these words. Romans 13, sorry. You know the time. That the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Something like that. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. Wake up, awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. There's a call to spiritually awakening. Stop dozing contentedly secure in the mere appearance of Christian vitality. Wake up. Secondly, strengthen what remains. He calls us to strengthen what remains and is about to die. It's interesting to notice here in this context, however bad things have gotten it. Sardis. As we've noted a few moments ago, there remains a remnant There remain some there that are still vibrant, that still have life. Verse 4, a few names that have not soiled their garments. Under pressure, no doubt. Like pebbles in a shoe. They must have been an irritant beneath the formalism and superficiality of the congregation. But what Jesus is essentially saying is this principle, life follows life. Vitality in the Christian life is infectious. Wouldn't you agree? Isn't there something about being around someone who's godly that you're just kind of like, I I love to be around that guy. I mean, there's just something about their countenance that just picks me up. That's the idea. That's what Jesus is saying. Strengthen What remains? Don't squelch them. Strengthen their hands. Follow their lead. Learn to follow Jesus from them and with them. Go and find a living, passionate disciple of Jesus Christ and watch and listen and learn that Christian vitality is infectious. And maybe you'll find yourself turning for real at long last, being connected to the true find, which is Christ, that His life may fill you too. So, wake up, strengthen what remains, and then thirdly, remember. Look at verse 3. Remember then what you have received and heard. Remember. That word translated received is used over and over, particularly in John's writing for the reception of the Christian gospel. Remember the gospel and how you received it. But it's not just that. It's not just remember what you've received and heard, not just the content, but the force, the power by which it came into your life. Remember that. Remember that day when just the Holy Spirit quickened you to life. And it was like flipping on a light switch. You just came alive. And you wanted to tell everyone about Christ. Remember. Remember. The life and compelling force that marked its communication when God first planted the church at Sardis. Remember, let there be revival in your midst as the Spirit comes in power and conviction. Brothers and sisters, there is a Spirit that moves in our midst as we renew and as we remember how we once received the Word. So remember. Then lastly, in closing, do more than simply remember the Word. Keep it. He isn't calling them to melancholy nostalgia looking back to the glory days. Remember yes, but now keep the Word too. Keep the Word. The first thing that the Word calls us to do as we keep it is the last thing that Jesus calls this church to do at Sardis. He calls them to repent. Turn back. Bring your secret sin into the light Confess, get help, stop using Christ and his worship as a front for life driven by the world's priorities and values. Guilty, dirty, ashamed, though you may now feel if you will hear the warning of Christ, if you will turn back to him, those whom he affirms here as those who have not soiled their garments, who will walk with him in white. That will be the company among whom you will find your own place. By his grace, he will make you clean. He will make you clean. The church at Sardis is dead, church, but even so, you need to know this, that all is not lost. Jesus here is offering life to them and he's offering life to us. If we find ourselves described here let's pray Father thank you for your word this morning may you penetrate our hearts may repentance happen if it needs to happen and so spirit fall convict us if we need to be convicted and be glorified at St. Paul's be glorified be lifted up may this church be alive May people come into this building, the church building. May people come into Scarden and the CY building and Door Hall and Sunday mornings. And may they say, I feel the presence of Christ. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I want to be with these brothers and sisters. And as we walk this life through the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit, may you help us. We need your help as well. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Christ, our Savior, all God's people said.